here and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Brandy McIntosh as we discuss the importance of parent-child relationships and how they balance against peer relationships. We'll talk very practically about what we've observed through the years, strategies we've employed to keep our family's relationships in balance, and more. Now, many of the concepts we'll discuss in today's podcast are further explored and more deeply explained in our newest class, Heart School. Heart School was written to help you refine your vision about what God has called you to do and to prepare you to disciple and educate your children with their hearts and yours in mind. We have got to be intentional and purposeful in our parenting and discipleship efforts. So whether you're a young mom and you're brand new to homeschooling, or if you're a veteran mom who could just use a good reminder and refresher course on why you're doing all of this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school for more details and enroll today. For now, I'm so glad you're here. Let's welcome Brandy McIntosh to the podcast and dive right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Homeschooling Families podcast. I am so excited to have Brandy McIntosh with us today. Brandy is a a new Teach Them Diligently speaker. She's going to be joining us next season, was supposed to join us this season, but COVID got in the way. Um, But I am super excited for you guys to meet her. She has been just a real joy to get to know through Instagram and, and just a few conversations that we've had. So Brandy, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. Thanks so much for having me. It's really a joy to be a part of Teach Them Diligently. Yeah, I'm, like she said, Brandy McIntosh. I'm married to Dan. We've been together for 20 years, and we have four kids. Um, Gavin is 19, and I'm about to be 19. And uh, Ellie is 14. Quinn is 11. And then our little Willow is five. And um, I've been homeschooling for, I think this is my 12th year. Well, that's awesome. And you, for those of you who don't follow Brandy on Instagram, you really ought to check her out. Her posts are not only beautiful, but they're thoughtfully written. They are are just, it's, she's one of those pages that's truly inspirational on many, many levels. So um, I'll make sure, Brandy, that I connect everyone to your Instagram feed um, in the show notes here. But it's, probably better that we go on now and dive into what we're going to talk about. And that is you and I were discussing just before the program started about really a different look at parent-child relationships. You know, we talk so much as a culture about uh, building relationships with our kids and stuff like that. And it almost comes down to a friendship and a buddy and that kind of thing. And people get so confused, but, but the Bible has actually set out some other infrastructure there that that is so, so important. And um, so we were talking about parental authority and we were talking about the difference between uh, relationships with parents and peers and that kind of thing. So um, just really excited to dive into that with you today. What, you know, kind of as you've been talking about this, what have you discovered or what have you seen true about the role of parental authority in your own kids' lives, especially as they've gone through the teen years where everyone gets scared of that uh, relationship and that that part of our relationship? Right. It seems to be kind of the norm today that as soon as 
kids hit that adolescent period and resistance swells that parents just, I think, become intimidated and Mm. want to back off and kind of let the kids um, take over in the role of authority. (laughs) And that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. And it does a lot of damage to their relationship and actually puts the the teens in a place of insecurity. Um, Right. There's not those boundaries that, that are set and that brings so much safety and security. And um, they are really longing for whether they know it or not, you know, an authority that um, is from a place of unconditional love. And, and um, what we have found is that at times, whenever we have allowed disrespect to go on, any form of dishonor, how it drives a wedge between our hearts. And um, we just learned that it's so important that we confront that, that we gently and firmly let them know that that is, that is not okay. And, you know, it is so much easier for them to accept from us as well as any boundaries and rules are so much easier for them to accept. We've seen when we are taking the time to pursue their hearts, when we're taking the time yeah. to encourage them, when they know that we're, they feel that we are for them, that we're on their side. Those things make such a big difference in how receptive they are. Yeah. And it, it also, we have found is built, you know, the, the foundation for those relationships with your teens that allows for the continued authority without too much friction. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be a little bit of friction because they're becoming adults. They're trying to spread their wings, just like, you know, the toddlers test their boundaries. Well, they do it again there or they continue it there, I guess is better. But but because or if you take the time to truly pursue their hearts and build those solid relationships when they're younger, talking to them, engaging with them on all kinds of levels, um, explaining to them why you do things as a family, what the Bible says about things, you know, whether your rule is biblical or practical, because that that comes into play more as they get um, to be teenagers and they're trying to figure out their own belief system. You know, the more that you invest in them younger, the the easier it is to transition into those slightly different roles as you're helping your your young people become young men and women. Um, and you really do want to see them learn to fly, but they still need that authority and they still need those boundaries. So they're so important as they're trying to to approach that launching point. Absolutely, we have seen that. Um, you know, with our firstborn, especially that we had. We had made the mistake of allowing friends to become a bit too much of the focus, even mm. when school, and that can happen. I think just as much really um, is it in the public school sphere because there's just so many. There's church activities. There's there's homeschool co-ops. There's constant, maybe even more opportunities for time with friends with homeschooling. And um, we just found that that um, really made it hard because the attachment we had, you know, the Lord just highlighted to us that the attachment had become stronger between his friends and him. And so we really had to step back, take a look at our activities, take a look at what was going on. And thank God we had been intentional in a relationship with him over the years, or it would have been, you know, even harder. Um, but we just had to, anytime we've started to see a bit of distance between us, you know, us and the children, that seems like that's usually the culprit. Too much time doing other things, too much time away. Yeah. Pull back a bit, do some more things as a family. We um, One thing we did uh, years ago, just, that has just given um, some predictability for the kids and something I look forward to is regular game nights, you know, moving mm-hmm. back as a family on Saturdays. And so with our three younger kids, there has been, other friends are certainly part of our lives. It's been far less and, you know, they don't know any different. <laughs> and so right. That's a the beautiful thing. But um, we've just found that that's such an important aspect of 
of keeping their hearts. And just like you were saying, in those, I think in the younger, in the middle years, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, it has been, it can be so easy for me even still to overlook pursuing like Mike Quinn, his heart, because mm-hmm. at 11 years old, he's just a happy boy. He loves yep. to get outside, climb trees. Um, he's always busy inventing, creating um, Legos or whatever, whatever new invention he thought of. There's always <laughs> in my freezer. And anyway, he's just a happy boy. And it can be really easy for me to forget that I need to, um, well, to not only be careful to listen to everything that he wants to share with me, whether it's, you know, 10 minute monologue about his letter, um, but also just to, to take the time to, you know, to, to sit with him, to just make it clear to him that I'm putting other things aside and I just want to hear what's on his heart. And that has become so apparent to me as Gavin's, you know, in the upper teens now that those times that I went in long bike rides with him, those times that, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, I would sit and watch a movie with him that he cared about whatever um, really open the doors for those the times when things were hard during the teen years for him to open up all that, you know, so much easier. And that's something that's so easy. in those, like I said, to um, those middle years when they're quite content and things seem to be going pretty smooth to just to go about our day and forget that we need to be hearing their hopes and dreams and, yep. you know, yeah. Well, and we found as I'm sure anyone who has several, many children, um, it's easy for some of them to fly under the radar and who the one who's flying over the, under the radar can shift from time to time. You know, you I, I personally don't have one child that's always quiet and, you know, kind of flying under the radar. It, it depends on their stage of life or what's going on or whatever. And so part of my job, just like you just um, alluded to, is to be so mindful of all of my children and and not let any of them fly under the radar for too long because it's it's during those times that that stuff can creep into their life unawares without the accountability and and really without me being as in tune with what's going on with them um, as I am most of the other times. So that's been something that David and I have noticed that we have to be very careful of at all stages of life is just watch for the one that's, that's kind of going unnoticed at any given time. Um, and, and I have, my second son is actually the most likely to, to be that because he's perfectly content on his own all the time. He's the Lego monologuer and, and all of that, as you were describing your son, I just had visions of Peyton at 11. Um, but, but, so we have to make an even more concerted effort for those that tend to fly under the radar to make sure that we're hanging with them and keeping that relationship solid so that they're not looking in other places or in other things to to kind of fulfill that role. Exactly. And um, like I said, just um, we found that, you know, we had talked a whole lot about, oh, we need to do more game nights or we need to do more family walks or these kind of things. Um, but setting sort of a, a rhythm to our days and our evenings has helped a bit with um, those times becoming more natural. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter, Ellie and I, she's, she's a quiet one and she's one that for the most part, and that, you know, seems content and we've just started doing walks together. And so having these walks and it's, it's hit or miss, it's certainly not every day, but just the, the evenings that we can has opened up that time where that discipleship and just hearing her heart is becoming more and more of a natural thing. And then, um, with like, you know, my, with my middle kids, there's little pockets of time in the afternoon before I start on dinner and things like that, that I just, um, I just, even some days it's just a minute, but if I just can go and connect with him 
and um, just and, and with it, you know, Quinn, eleven year old boy, it's nothing really at this stage that's ever deep, but but he just knows yeah. <laughs> what he's interested in, you know, and um, and then I think all of us have some of those children at one stage or another of life, like my Willow, who you know I don't ever have to stick that out; she's all over me half the day. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. it's still important that my words are affirming that I love her and I love to hold her and I'd love to be with her and those kind of things. But um, and then with our our oldest, it's gotten a bit tricky as he's in college classes right now. And many nights he's, you know, dealing with deadlines. But Dan, I try to make sure that we take at least one night a week. And again, it changes. Um, This is the first season has changed. We had Monday Monday nights until this semester. But um, trying to make sure it's like at least a weekly thing that he's getting this one-on-one time with each of us, and mm-hmm. you know, hearing all the all the concerns, praying with him about those things and such. And you know, it can seem overwhelming, but it's just these little baby steps to okay. If I want to make this happen, like for, forever, it seemed like we were saying we need to do we need to do a game night, we need to do a game night, but it never seemed convenient. But then one day we just said, okay, Friday nights are going to be game nights, and yep. um, those things can just become a part of the natural flow. And they do. And they just take a little bit of discipline and a little bit of of planning to get it started. And then they become something that everyone looks forward to. And they're much easier to get to keep going at that point. But you mentioned too back, I think earlier in the in our conversation, you brought up the the fear that I think a lot of us feel, um, especially in relation to our authority. And, you know, we're bombarded with messaging about how um, kids are going to walk away. And the last thing a teenager or middle schooler wants is to talk to his parents and all of this stuff, which is just false. It's just an absolute lie. Yeah. The thing that the, our teens and middle schoolers need most is to talk to their parents. But I think that even for parents who are so engaged in going for the hearts of their children, that fear can still creep in because it is so, so thrown, it's thrown at us so, so much. Um, I know there was a time. Uh, when my boys were in middle school, I was so afraid of what I had conceived that was being thrown at them. And, you know, there are dangers for our boys like crazy. We're all aware of it. But I got almost paralyzed and not wanting to talk to them about it because of the fear that that welled up in me. And and as parents, we have got to discipline our minds to get past that. We have got to stand up and act like the adults in the in the relationship and not allow fear of what how they're going to react or, you know, that they're going to walk away or anything like that that we've been sold to keep us from doing our job. That's right. You know, Sally Clarkson has been such an inspiration to me in this department because, you know, I as a teen really was was not pursued relationally with my parents. I knew that they loved me and they supported me, but as far as pursuing my heart that was just something that was very foreign to me and mm. so to hear Sally talk about it so much um was quite an inspiration and um you know as Gavin grew more and more I saw the need for it and it, but you're right I mean that that fear has almost paralyzed me before not only about oh do that does he you know does he even want to have anything to do with me but um also just the paralyzing fear of well what is he going to say what's going to bubble right. up you know and we just uh, you know it's just one of those things they have to give over to the Holy Spirit. And I do think it's a really important to be sensitive as to um, when he's more receptive. Yeah. You know, some kids come in from being away from somewhere and if they're introverted, they need a little time alone. And I want to be respectful of that. Gavin is um, very extroverted. And so I, you know, kind of keep my eyes open for a time when he seems to have more energy and, and, you know, 
treats and cookies and their their favorite drinks and that that you know <laughs> I always drink gifts <laughs> of that sort and that certainly helps and but then I think it's also important that we um, don't come as as a pushy and you know someone that's just drilling them with questions but I just tend yeah. to him especially since he's extroverted I usually don't have to say much um, and he'll start talking and yeah. uh, anyway that I tell you that has getting past that fear has been everything. It has been so rewarding. And, um, and I always, when I, when I get past that fear, I always learn that, you know, it really is true. They are, they, they need, they need, they want their parents to be their biggest fans. They mm-hmm. um, need that unconditional love and, and support. And, um, you know, sometimes there may be hormonal flares or whatever, and they don't even know what they're thinking. Yeah. But we found that, um, he's always at more peace afterward. And so are we. No question. And a lot of times when you or we, we have found that as we enter these situations that we think are going to be so confrontational and we dread them so much. But if you go in asking questions rather than just making accusations, you you find out a lot more complexity to the situation. You get a lot more insight into their heart and the struggle that is actually going on that you may not even you may not even see you. You may not have gotten to the root of what's going on just by seeing um, what's above ground there. Um, so just taking the time and setting aside the time to really, even in those moments where you know that a confrontation is necessary, allotting enough time to spend to hear their heart, to hear the situation, and and even not be afraid of their questions because they're going to ask, the older they get, they're going to ask some super hard questions from time to time because they're trying to formulate their own view of the world, their own faith, their own, all of these things. And they've been given a foundation for it. And you can't forget that. So then talk them through as their mind is maturing and they're starting to reason their way through all of these things. Um, it's actually a very exciting time if you are willing to engage with them and be the one that's helping to shepherd their heart through those tough questions too. It's so true. And then you find that more and more, they're just becoming some of your very best friends. Oh, wow, it's amazing. Just um, incredible and interesting people to be around. And- it, it really is true. Yesterday was my oldest son's 21st birthday and he came home from his classes and I was planning to take him to lunch, but it ended up being an afternoon long adventure. We went all over creation. We're gone three or four hours, but we had the most amazing conversations about just deep, deep things and dumb things alike. It was just a blessed time. And I will never forget the gift of that time of just spending with him um, on a day that he could have been spending with anybody. He yeah. chose to spend with me and then with his siblings. And then we had some friends over later, but, but it's just a joy as you see that relationship develop, but it, it doesn't come without work on the parents part. You really do have to be engaged in their heart and in going for their heart, reaching their heart through every phase of life that they go through. Yes, it's it's so true. And um, it's just, it's easy for both Dan and I when, um, you know, we're running a business and when um, trying to finish building our house and when other things overwhelm, even though that, you know, we've tried to be intentional for this for years, it still can be one of the first things that starts to slip. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God is gracious and, and thank God our, our kids have proved to be so too. And so, um, but these little habits of, okay, Oh, have we, have we not met with him? Have we not really pursued his heart sometime this week? Just having kind of on our radar, 
that at yep. least you know once a week we're making those um, those connections. And I've also found that children are and teens even are um, oftentimes a lot more reasonable and we give him credit for sometimes sometimes we can get in the mindset that oh all he wants to do is you know online gaming with his friends and and um but when we found that okay we we laid down the boundaries okay sundays sundays are never going to be days of gaming sundays are after church it's it's family days and we can watch movies together hang out together do outside activities but that's just a day for you know whatever homework may need to be done for college or whatever but you know it's family time and um, when we've laid down these certain times that, and then they, they know that there's times that are fine for gaming with friends or um, going to hang out or whatever. And then there's times that are set family times. Mm. It's just been, they, they understand and they agree and they see the, you know, they see the reasons for that. And, um, but when you don't have those clear times, this is don't even ask because this is, you know, what this, this day is set aside for, then it can be just a constant tug and pull with the, the parent and child. Yep. Yep. Well, I also wanted to double back real quick um, and talk about those peer relationships because it's honestly equally important for parents to be aware of the peer relationships that they have. I, you know, we, David and I have always adopted the mindset that we would rather have all the friends here. We would rather have a relationship with all of those kids so that we know you know, what kind of influences and stuff is going on. So our house has always been the one that everyone came to. And I'm so grateful for that because not only did it allow us to to have a lot more control over the boundaries and, and a lot more insight into the other people that were influencing our children, but it also, and this was unforeseen when we first started this, it's opened up so many doors of ministering to other kids yeah. that we would have never imagined either. So just, I, I think it's so, so important to be engaged in those relationships that our kids have. Absolutely. And um, like you said, it has, um, it's become a bit of a gift to be able to, I don't want to say adopt others because, you know, the ones we have over, most of them tend to come from healthy families, but just mm-hmm. to, um, to be able, like you said, it's, it's a ministry to be able to love on, on those kids and develop those relationships with them as well and encourage them in areas that they may be discouraged and such. And um, I agree. We've loved to, that, you know, to have this as the party house and we love to have paintball tournaments and all kinds of things <laughs> like that here because we can kind of keep a check. We can monitor, you know, how the relationships are going. And mm-hmm. um, also, like, you know, so what's going on in the, the other the other kids' lives. And um, we want it to we try to make it clear to our kids that their peers and those relationships are important. But we also live in a such, you know, such a way that um family relationships are prioritized. Yep. Because like I said earlier, we have seen the danger that does come when they, when kids become the ones that they look to for defining their values for, you know, all the instruction and guidance on life. And, you know, that that was, that was even me as a teen. Um, That was just seemed like, you know, that was the message of culture. And I think it still is today that once, you know, once kids are, Gosh, now it seems young, eight, nine, 10, 11. It's amazing. <laughs> that, yeah. um, that kids become the ones that they look to for who they want to be and, and um, for your, you know, all their guidance and values and all that in life. And so that is just, um, it's just something that I think that parents really need to be aware of today. And Oh, absolutely. You know, it's absolutely. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go ahead. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> so I was just going to say that, you know, um, 
it's especially, you know, when you start the play dates that when the, when the kids are young, it, you know, moms get to get to sit back and relax for a while. And, and that's good. And that's great for it to have those occasionally. But um, it can start to seem as the answer for everything because they're just having a blast. And they, <laughs> um, but, you know, we we noticed the trend, um, you know, with Gavin over the years, the time that there was an extended amount of time with his friends that, oh, his it was there was more distance in his heart and there was just mm-hmm. an increased amount of disrespect and um, easily aggravated with his siblings. And all of a sudden there was just a different air about him. So that was just um, a red, you know, red flag that the Lord was using that. Okay. This has gotten a little yep. out of balance. Well, exactly. And that's one of the things that I think parents have to really, really stay on their knees about is that balance, striking the balance of allowing them to build relationships. Um, but then also, you know, in our family, we had rules in place for technology and, and that sort of thing as they got older. Um, no texting after this, no Instagram, whatever it, it was that was appropriate at that particular time in their life, because God didn't put those other people in our family. God put mm-hmm. us in our family. So there was a curfew for even electronic communication because they they don't belong here at that point in time. Um, you know, when you and I were, well, I don't know about you, when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing. There was no, um, there was no cell phone or anything like that to bring people into your home at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Right. That's so true because it is this, this little device that has, um, or whether it's the, the big computer, but it has the, you know, all the pull in the world and just um, can yep. something that really separates kids for families. And so screens and those boundaries are so vital um, because like you said, it just, um, it will can be something that that takes up consumes all their time and there's there's no time for those relationships within the family. Well, it's true and and by setting those boundaries again looping back to where we started really, you are giving them a sense of security and a sense of belonging that is so much more healthy than the sense of popularity or whatever that they may get by just feeling like they're connected all the time because that actually wears them down. But we have seen and again our children are 21 this week we'll have 21, 19, 17, and 14. So as they're kind of skewing older, my older three have already started looking at the world differently than you would think a lot of them do. They are very accustomed to setting their phone down and talking to people. Whoever's in their presence, they have, they've grown up knowing that that's the person they're supposed to be with, the one who's right there. And, and they notice the trend all around them of people who aren't that way. And they kind of smart at it. They recognize that that's not showing love. That's not um, investing in people. So although we may be afraid to be that parent that's so strict or so, you know, irritating to them or whatever, as they mature and they start to see the benefit of it, you realize that all of that training actually pays off in Oh, just droves because you're starting to see it take root in their own life and become their own, their own way of thinking. Absolutely. We've seen that as well. Just that our older teens are aware whenever they see, they see others that have just been allowed to live their life through a screen. They Mm -hmm. see the damage that's done because of it. They see the lack of relationships that that are, you know, within their, their family and, and their heartbreaks for them. And so yeah, it is so important that as they get older and those screens become a part of their life, and I think it is a good thing that they have screens as a part of their life as they're learning the balance. Right. Right? For a while, we laid down some boundaries, and this is what healthy screen time looks like. This is what healthy screen use looks like. And, and then as they grow, it's just such a great thing to see them start to, you know, start to be responsible and set their own boundaries 
for those things on their own. And um, I think that that is so important that they have learned the self-control of that and not letting it completely become a habit that rules their life. Yep. Yep. So the way that, that God really laid down the authority structure, the relationship structure, all of those things that we learn as we study what our job description is through scripture, we see just absolutely holds true and works beautifully, even in our current day and age. Absolutely. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Before we go, where all can our our families connect with you? What's the best way for them to, to kind of get more information, get to know you better? Um, I share my heart the most on Instagram at Brandy period Macintosh. And then my, my blog is just brandymacintosh.com. And Macintosh is M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H. And um, I'm starting to to um, be more intentional and getting those longer blog posts um, up on the website. So it's not just Instagram, but um, <laughs> places. Well, good, good, good. And then you are going to be joining us, Lord willing, next season for Teach Them Diligently. So hopefully many will be able to meet you there. Yes, I'm so excited. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you again so much for joining us. And for all of you that are listening in, I hope that this has been an encouragement that no matter where you are in your parenting journey, God puts you in your children's lives to be their authority, to, to build strong, deep relationships with them so that as they grow, you'll see those relationships really mature into just some of your most treasured friendships. Uh, but it all starts out by, by not being afraid to be the authority in their life, to stand up and help them learn their boundaries give them the security of setting up your family God's way. So I hope that you are really tuning into a lot of the resources that we have, a lot of the resources that Brandy has to help you do that day in and day out. I'm sure that either one of us would love to talk to you about any questions that you may have about that. So just want to encourage your heart to stay the course. God is at work in your family and we can't wait to see how things are going or to hear from you how things are going. So have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within his families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.